Uh, I was asked to speak on Proverbs. And uh, at first I was going to do the characters in Proverbs, the fool. How many know the fool in Proverbs isn't, has nothing to do with your intelligence? Um, that's a good one. Folly, wisdom, you know, the characters in there. Um, but I decided, I kept going back to the principle of the path, which is uh, a book. It's actually a book by Andy Stanley. And uh, he, it's based on Proverbs. I think it's, an, it's, it's about Proverbs. And it's probably the only book that I gave my daughter where she said, gee, thanks, Dad, that was a good book. And uh, she passed it on to her friends and my grandkids here, three out of four of them, uh, have heard it before. A lot of my words uh, come from Andy Stanley, maybe more, more of them than my own. So part of it is an introduction to that book in hopes that you guys will appreciate it and read it with your families, particularly your adolescents, although I think there's a little adolescent in all of us. Um, Proverbs is God's manual on how to live, part of which was written by the wisest man who ever lived, according to the Bible, King Solomon. And it's a good one to read. I, I, when I was a young Christian, I'd read it every day. I'd take, if there's 31 chapters, and so you just, whatever day it was, what's today, I don't know, you'd read that proverb, right? Anybody done that? It's good. Saves you a lot of trouble and heartache if you do that. I recommend it. Um, Proverbs is about hacking life. Have you <laughs> hacking? That's a new term. You know what I'm talking about? Gant does. Yeah, hacking life. So I had a friend, uh, his son was saying, "Yeah, my dad is a life hacker. A life hacker. Yeah." And I saw it in a magazine, hacking life. So what does that mean? Well, I think what he meant was, my dad's full of knowledge and information and he knows where to get the best deals and you know he, he his example was i go and buy a laptop and then he tells me where i could have bought it cheaper because he's a life hacker well proverbs is about hacking life god's way aren't you glad that god does not just save us from the penalty of our sins but he saves us from our sins themselves Um, he doesn't just forgive us. He teaches us how to live in order to be blessed, which is a religious-sounding word meaning happy. How many know it's one thing to be forgiven when you blow it, but way better to do it right the first time? Yeah. How many know you can be forgiven, but you still have to live with the consequences? So Proverbs is about doing it right the first time. And uh, my daughter, Carice, their mom, used to call them problems. I kind of like that, problems. They're little blurbs, and they give you some... All right. There are mainly, uh, many paths out there, two big ones, the path of the righteous. We're talking about path. And the path of the wicked. Proverbs 4, Proverbs 4, 
says, uh, do not enter the path of the wicked. Whenever you're reading a scripture, watch for path, way, highway. There's a lot of it in there. Uh, anyhow, do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it. Pass on. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until the full day. The way of the wicked, see that way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. And the advice, really what we're doing this morning, is ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. So why not take a shortcut? And... uh, Dr. Stanley, I think he's a doctor, he, uh, he tells a story in the beginning of the book. I'm gonna, and he and uh, Louis Giglio, how's, how do you say that, Giglio, Giglio, uh, were, were teenage, they were teenagers. They were 18 years old. Both of them ultimately became preachers, but at this point in their life, they weren't. And they were living in Atlanta, but they went to Birmingham on, quote, business. At 18 years old, I was wondering what the business because he put it in quotation marks. I wonder what the business was. Well, they're going, they're going down the highway. On the way there, they had to get off the highway. It was unfinished and go on a big detour through small towns. And on the way back, they had a curfew, and they promised their parents they'd be home at a certain time. And it's like going from here to Mariana. They forgot about the time change. So they, they thought they were on time, and then all of a sudden they realized, holy smokes, we're, we're an hour late. Well, it was one of these, when they got off the highway, it said road closed, but beyond that, it looked fine. It looked like no problem. So you know what they did. They, they said they went, you know, right blessed and right between the sign that said road and the sign that said closed. And... uh First, uh, two things happened as we crossed into the great unknown. First, the notion of doing what nobody else was doing created an immediate adrenaline rush. <laughs> Louis cranked up the radio. We, we both rolled down our windows and began singing at the top of our lungs. Anybody been there? I won't tell you what we were singing because that would date this story beyond recognition. There wasn't such a thing as a high five back then. So I doubt there was any actual body contact, but we were totally sure and full of ourselves in those initial moments. Right? Since there was no posted speed limit, we assumed there wasn't one at all. <laughs> then up ahead on the right shoulder, they, as they pass, they go flying by a black sedan. As soon as they pass, the lights come on and the car pulls out behind them. What do you think they were thinking? The cops. Uh, but the car actually, there were no lights, pulled up next to him, went, went around him, and then went over a hill and stopped. And then the guy got out of the car, and he was waving his arms, saying, stop, stop. And Louis says, why don't we just slow down, make him think we're going to stop, and then just blow by him. Right? But then he realized, this kid is about 16 years old, and there was a, a girl in the car, and then they realized, okay, we, we know what the, they were doing out in the middle of nowhere. Some of you are processing it. And uh, then they said, the kid says to him, what are you doing out here? Actually, his question was a bit more colorful than that, but that was the gist of it. 
And though it really wasn't any of his business what we were doing out there, it seemed like a fair question now that we knew what he was doing out there. But why he had chased us down remained a mystery. Before any of us could answer, he informed us that in another mile or so, the highway ended up at an unfinished bridge. If we had kept going, we would have driven off the bridge into a swamp. That would have really made us late. <laughs> so, what do you think he wants you to learn out of that story? Well, he tells you, now if Louis and I had not been rescued by the stranger in the black Monte Carlo, and if we had in fact driven through the next set of barricades into a swamp, we would have done so for two reasons. And neither reason has anything to do with IQ, education, goals in life, net worth, looks, or church attendance. We would have ended up in the swamp because that's where the road led, and that was the road we were on. Anyone, regardless of race, creed, color, or sex, would have ended up in the same place had they chosen that stretch of highway. It didn't dead end in one place for one kind of person and somewhere else for another kind. That unfinished stretch of highway was no respecter of persons. Everybody got the same treatment, and that's true of every highway, freeway, driveway, or path. It leads where it leads, regardless of who's on it. And as we are about to discover, what's true geographically is equally true relationally. There's a path, a relational path. Financially, there's a financial path. Physically, health, you know, physical, physical choices have paths, have destinations. Uh, spiritually, uh, academically, there's a parallel principle that affects parenting, dating, marriage, emotions, health, and other areas. They... Just as physical paths lead to predictable physical locations, there are other kinds of paths that are equal, equally predictable. Do you want experience to be your only teacher? <laughs> well, yeah, you ever hear that? Um, well, we're all trying to get somewhere where, where, we're, where we're not yet, right? And so how are we ever going to get there if experience is our only teacher? If all you have is your own experience, it, it can be a brutal teacher, right? So, no, you, you want to learn in other ways, if possible, maybe from the wisdom of other people further down the road than you are. Um, maybe the one who created you, he might have some wisdom for which path to take. So there's a distinction between a solution and a path. You know, computers have problems. You can fix them sometimes. Cars have problems. You can fix them. People, usually you just can't fix them. Like, they need more than a quick fix. Because often where they're in trouble, it, it can't easily be fixed. They got there by going down a path to a certain destination, and what they need is a, a new direction and time. That's why God uses the, that metaphor of the path, because it's not like, you know, you teleport from one place to the destination. It's a journey. It's a step. 
It's a little bit at a time, a step here, a step there, on the way to your destination. Whether you're talking physical, spiritual, geographic, relational, financial. So um, computers have fixes quick. They have problems with, that need solutions, and we need a new path. Now, looking back on our lives, the paths are evident. Looking at other others' lives, the paths are usually pretty clear. Looking at our own life, eh, we don't do so good looking at ourselves sometimes. And that's why we've got to listen to other people. And that's why Proverbs advises us to listen to the counsel of others. It is when we look ahead that we lose sight of the fact that in every arena of life we are moving in a specific direction toward a specific destination. Looking ahead, we are often deceived into thinking that life is a series of unrelated decisions. And somehow we'll end up where we want to be, simp- to be simply by force of will or luck. Does the path you're on have the destination you want? I'm glad to see so many young people here today. Praise God. Pulling out the credit card to pay for something for which you don't have the money to pay. That's not exactly maybe the kids. Venting your anger on your spouse. Sleeping with your girlfriend. Clicking that button to visit a site you know you shouldn't. Pouring that drink when you know you've probably had too much already. Cheating on the test or on your taxes. Oh, just this once, as we tell ourselves, just this once, no big deal. But no, it's a step down a path, and it has a destination. Is that where you want to go? Direction, not intention, determines our destination. Direction, not intentions, hopes, dreams, prayers, beliefs, intellect, or education determines your destination. What path are you on? I know it's tempting to believe that our good intentions somehow have the ability to do an end run, you know, around the decisions that we make on a daily basis. But at the end of the day, the principle of the path determines the outcome. Simply put, you and I will win or lose in life by the paths we choose. So, do we abandon the clearly marked paths because we are looking for trouble? Why do we we go off the path? Um... Well, there's always something about alternate routes that is powerfully appealing. They promise shortcuts of more direct and oftentimes pleasurable routes to wherever it is we are trying to go. It's easy to become enamored of the siren call of the wrong path. I'm thinking, uh, oh, brother, (laughs) some of us know that movie, the siren call of the wrong path and ignore the fact that we're heading away from our values, goals, dreams, or commitments. When you get lost, do you get lost on purpose? No. Do you realize exactly when you get lost? No, it just kind of dawns on you. Uh Uh-oh, we're lost. And then the road you're on determines where you end up. Humans have a propensity for choosing paths that don't lead in the direction they want to go. Crazy, but it's true. They've come to believe the popular notion that as long as their intentions are good, their hearts are in the right place, whatever that means. As long as they do their best and try their hardest, it doesn't really matter which path they take. 
They believe somehow they will end up in a good place, but the road they're on always determines where they end up. And then this actually gets to Proverbs. King Solomon gives us an example. Proverbs 7. At the window of his house, I looked out through the lattice, saw the simple. Simple means naive. It's just somebody inexperienced, doesn't really have it figured out yet. Not as not as bad as a scoffer, but anyhow. Uh, I noticed among the young men a youth who lacked judgment. Uh, Shanti Feldhahn, in her book for parents only, cites a study claiming the frontal lobe of the human brain, which is responsible for reasoning, isn't fully developed until the mid-20s. So this may explain why kids, young people, have propensity for high-risk behavior because they're not really reasoning from what they're doing to the consequences. And so this young man, a youth black judgment, um, passing along the street near her corner, taking the road to her house in the twilight in the evening at the time of night and darkness. And behold, the woman meets him, dressed as a prostitute, wily of heart, loud, wayward. Her feet do not stay at home. Now in the street, now in the market, at every corner she lies in wait. She seizes him, kisses him, with bold face says to him, I had to offer sacrifices. She can even be religious, be careful. And today I've paid my vows, and so now I have come out to meet you, to seek you eagerly, and I have found you. I have spread my couch with coverings, colored linens, Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love till morning. Let us delight ourselves with love, for my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took a bag of money with him, and he won't be home for a while. With much seductive speech, she persuades him. With her smooth talk, she compels him. And so, I don't know what's playing in his head, but he's probably feeling pretty good. You know, maybe Rocky. You know, the theme psalm to Rocky. He's going to rock it. And... uh what is playing in King Solomon's head? Stanley says, the theme song to Jaws. <laughs> the adolescent was preoccupied with what he believed would be an exciting event, just a disconnected event from the rest of his life, a night of passion, a night disconnected from every other event in his life. Solomon knew better. This night was not an isolated event. This night was a step down a path that led somewhere. Where does it lead? So Solomon tells us, all at once he follows her down a path, right? As an ox to the slaughter, as a stag is caught fast till an arrow pierces its liver, as a bird rushes into a snare, he does not know that it will cost him his life. So what's the destination of the path he's on? Well, he says, like an ox going somewhere to the slaughter. You know, the kid's thinking like a celebrity into a club, you know. But but he's actually like an ox going to slaughter. In case you don't get that one, he says, how about a deer stepping into a noose with a bloodied arrow hanging from its bowels? And still don't get the picture. How about this? This kid was a, like a clueless bird caught in a snare. He was throwing, throwing away his future, possibly his life. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. 
Her house is a highway to the grave leading down to the chambers of death. It's telling you the destination of this path. So it says a highway, a four-lane interstate with an HOV lane. There's nothing new about this, nothing unique, just another young man who has chosen a path that will take him precisely where he doesn't want or plan to be. There was a disconnect. A single woman says, I want to meet and one day marry a great Christian guy who's really got his act together, but then she dates whoever asks her out as long as he's cute. A single guy says, I want a great sex life once I'm married, but he practices with every girl he dates along the way. A married woman says, I want to have a great relationship with my husband, but she makes the children a priority over him. A husband says, I want my kids to respect me as they grow up, and then he openly flirts with other women in the neighborhood. A young Christian says, I want to develop a deep and lasting intimacy with God, so he gets every, up every morning early and reads the newspaper. A man says, I want to grow old and invest the latter years of my life in my grandchildren, but then he neglects his health. A couple says, we'd like our children to develop a personal relationship with God and choose friends who have done the same, but then they skip church every weekend and head to the lake. Newlyweds, determined to be financially secure by the time they reach their parents' age, then adopt a lifestyle sustained by debt and leveraged assets. A high school freshman intends to graduate with a GPA that will afford him options as he selects a college, but neglects his studies. Paths have predictable outcomes. So are there disconnects in your life? Well, the answer is, yeah, we all got them. But... um, Are there discrepancies between what you desire in your heart and what you are doing with your life? Is there alignment between your intentions and your direction? The principle of the path is operating in your life every minute of every day. You're currently on a financial path of some kind. You're on a relational path. You're going down a moral and an ethical path, and each of those has destinations. So if you only know, know what you've experienced, how much do you know when you're a teenager? Can you benefit from the experience of others? To whom do you want to listen? you want to listen to your peers? Do you want to listen to people that aren't where you want to be? Or do you want to listen to people who are further down the road or have even arrived where you want to go? Um, W.A., when he was here, observed, uh, we're calling him Sam now, Junior, Sam slash Junior, and uh, Jeff. And he says, I wish I was their age again with what I know now, right? But we're not living in Groundhog Day. We don't get to live through life as many times as it takes to get it right. We get one chance. We're trying to get somewhere we have never been before. So we're left to make decisions without the benefit of the experience necessary to make informed decisions. If you step back from Proverbs, what do you got? You got a wise father talking to his son and telling him, this is the better path and this is, you should avoid this path. So kids, uh, listen to your parents. They probably know more than you think. 
they do know more than you think. Um, you can learn by experience, but sometimes that's a brutal way to learn. You can also learn from the experience and wisdom of others. That will save you a lot of heartache. There's another proverb in 27:12. Thank you, Doug, for your work. The prudent sees danger and take ref. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. So the wise have an eye on the future and make decisions today with an eye on the outcome in the future. They see they see danger and they prepare. The naive or simple just go with the flow. They just go. The primary difference isn't what they see. It's how they respond to what they see. The prudent uh, take refuge. The simple just keep going. The prudent act as if then is now, as if the future is the present. The simple respond as though tomorrow will always be tomorrow. So there's, there's a quote, there's, a lot of times what we're faced with is, do we want to be happy now or happy later? Be nice if they put that, you know, on a credit card. I think he says that. Warning, you know, you can be happy now or happy later. Use it your own, you know, peril. But um, when happiness points in one direction, while wisdom, truth, integrity, and common sense point in another, that's when really smart people start doing really stupid things. The problem with the happiness quest is that happy today does not necessarily equal happy tomorrow. We begin selling ourselves on what we want to do rather than what we ought to do, right? Um, Geographically speaking, you can't get to where you want to be unless you know where you are to begin with. You need a reference point. Similarly, you can't get to where you want to be in life until you are willing to admit where you are to begin with. Penny and I were in Venice, and we started, we went for a walk. There weren't any cars. And we walked and walked, and then we couldn't find our way back. It dawned on us that we were lost, right? So we only had a little bit of the cash in our pocket, but we spent our last penny on a map. So we get the map out. We're trying to, it's getting late, it's getting dark. We get the map out. We're in the middle of this beautiful city. We had no idea how to get home to where our hotel was. Well, then we realized there weren't any street signs. Right? There were no street signs. So it's like, the map, it's like, well, we don't know where we are how, on this map. Well, how is this going to help us? It was worthless. The map was worthless because we didn't know where we were getting started from. So, um, yeah, you have to figure out where you are. What, what, what is that when you kind of try to convince yourself what's right, what's uh, your right course is what you want to do rather than what you ought to do? That's called self-deception, and we're all guilty of it. The heart is incurably deceitful. It's untrustworthy, dishonest, and corrupt. You and I will always have the ability, even the propensity, to lie to ourselves, act on those lies, and then defend the lies with loopy excuses. <laughs> Some people are smiling, I know. <laughs> so ask yourself, why am I doing this? Really? Uh, if someone in my circumstances came to me for advice, what course of action would I recommend? 
In light of my past experience, my future hopes, and my dreams, what is the wise thing to do? So we're all trying to get somewhere we've never been before. And asking for help does not mean you lack wisdom. It's evidence of wisdom. Asking for help. That's what Proverbs tells you. Imagine how much better your decision-making would be if you decided to ignore the advice and resist the lifestyles of those who are apparently lost anyway and began taking your cues from individuals and couples who were where you want to be. Why not just decide ahead of time to lean on the knowledge and experience of those who are further down the road and who have actually arrived at the destination you seek? Asking doesn't mean you lack wisdom. It's evidence of it. So, summary. Life is not a series of disconnected decisions and events. You're on a path. You're taking a step in a direction. Financially, relationally, ethically, spiritually, physically, vocationally, academically. It's all a path. Ask yourself if you're on a path whose destination is consistent with where you want to go. If not, get on another path, change direction, get some wisdom, ask for help, start taking a step the other way. Don't listen to people who are on the wrong path. Listen to the instructions. Listen to people who are on the right path. And listen to the instructions of the one who knows the end from the beginning. The one who created you and knows what will really make you happy ultimately. Read the Proverbs. And uh, get the book, Andy Stanley. 349 on Kindle. 870 on paperback. So we end with Yahuwah's command through Jeremiah, which fits our message this morning, but it's something we should do every morning. Thus says Yahuwah, Stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. Lord, we just uh, thanks for not leaving us without direction, for just filling a whole book with um, the right paths, or we do want to ask for the ancient paths in a good way, and we ask you for grace to walk in it. We pray for wisdom for ourselves. We pray for wisdom for the young people uh, here today. We pray that you would... Uh, not allow them to be self-deceived. Not You would allow them, protect them from listening to people who are on the wrong path. Um, give them hearts that are after you, uh, that understand every decision has a consequence and every path has a destination. And help them to um, follow after you on your path. For Jesus' sake, amen.
Will the brothers come?